0: You're listening to the Two Tongues Podcast. And now your hosts, Kyle and
1: Chris. Here we are. Ladies, babies, even the gentlemen. Every single one of them. Get ready for this week's episode of the Two Tongues Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle. Hey, Chris here as well. well what's going <laughs> on? You guys ready? Yep, yeah, is guys it- ready for this?
0: What's well, an early morning podcast? The listeners don't know that, but it's ten o'clock in the morning, yeah, so we might be a little groggy, a little groggy um this coke energy drink's gonna help with that though it happens to be Mother's Day though, Kyle, and so uh what happens is there's extra obstacles today about you just gotta be careful how you spend your time today, yeah, and not to forget all the things that you have to remember. Or else suffer the consequences. Don't forget all
1: the things that you have to remember is like always good <laughs> advice.
0: Today is a scary day for a man because you have to remember to call your mom. Yeah, you have to you have to remember to point it out to any other woman of significance who it's applicable to, and there's obligatory presents and like I had to run, I had to run to Starbucks this morning to get coffee, even though there was already coffee on the pot, hot and ready to drink. Yeah. Why? Because you had to do special, special shit today. Shit, yeah. No, I'm not saying it's not deserved. I'm just saying it's a precarious time to be a man on Mother's Day. First of all, you got to remember what day it is. Yep. And I, I find that funny because, because I have no idea when Father's Day is. Don't give a shit, yeah. but it's super, it's like missing, it's like forgetting Christmas, it, it, you know, it, Yep. there's a serious consequences is my point
1: that's like a you know that's like an American cultural thing you know and uh, you know I don't we don't need to go down this road too much maybe we'll have an episode about it but it's like that thing with uh, just fuck the dads you know well, and, but I, I don't really care I, I'm not a dad but I don't think I will care down the road yeah, like my dad is not like you he's like you he's he could give a fuck less if anybody ever said Happy Father's Day yeah. to him. I think <laughs> no, you know? absolutely,
0: and I don't care about the presence either. I don't care about the recognition. As long as my family appreciates me and loves me and is kind to me, yeah. I don't need anything else. Um, but I'm not saying this isn't warranted. Sure. You know, the motherhood is very difficult. And
1: men, and, men and women are just different creatures. Man. They're different creatures. Yeah. I bought my mom a bong for, Christ- <laughs> or for Christmas for Mother's Day. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah well, so. teach their own. Yep. Yeah. So happy special day to all the mommies out there. Yes, indeed. So, so what are we doing today?
0: So, listen, Kyle, I did an episode which is yet to be released. I think I, I haven't released the Tao What's, De Jing episode yet, right?
1: Mm, no, you did the Christianity and then the the, India, yeah. Which I listened to both of those, by the way. Yeah, very good. Good man. I, good. I,
0: I, I could get into that more. I listened to most of the podcast you sent to me about alchemy, mm-hmm. and I want we can talk about that if you want. Also, although we have we have like a full plate today. Yeah, yeah
1: I think. Well, I, I would like to do an episode talking about stuff like alchemy and shit. I mean, the shit in that podcast was interesting to me, and I did not know a lot of that stuff, you know?
0: do, do you um, Did you pick up on the reference that I made to the Emerald Tablet of Hermes? Yes. And yeah. I've I, I've done it twice. I did mm-hmm. it in, I did it in the Upanishads episode, and I did it in the Dao Te Ching episode, which it will be released probably next week or the week after. Yeah. And then you send me that, and they talk about the emerald tablet. Weird.
1: That's Very one of my weird. favorite podcasts. That's Timeline Earth. That, that's actually Bird from Timeline Earth. His solo podcast called Into the Cave. Mm. Um, good shit, man. They t- uh, mentioned the as above, so below.
0: It, that is exactly what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. So that's funny, man. I want to listen to those podcasts both of those that you just mentioned yeah why you've not shared these with me I, t-
1: I told you about timeliner I'm, sure. I'm a
0: bad listener
1: timeline Damn they it. got a great theme song by the way on yep. their main yeah so that yeah definitely check that one out anybody who's interested in funny shit with a leaning towards you know libertarian type shit anarchy type shit it's a great podcast very yep. entertaining so this is what happened while, while i was um preparing for that episode on Taoism Mm -hmm. to go along
0: with the Upanishads and the Christianity. So for me, it was just like, hey, I talked about mysticism a bunch, and then I wanted to show the audience um, how mysticism, um, how you can see Christianity through the same light, how you can see Hinduism through the same light, and how you can see Taoism from the same light. Primarily because I was raised a Christian, so I wanted to talk about that. The Upanishads and the Taoism ones were They're already super mystical anyway And in, in the western world people don't know much about them Yep. So while I was doing The research for that I started seeing these political quotes popping up And uh uh, Lao Zhe is the name of the guy. I'm t- I am I. I don't want to apologize continually for not being uh, Chinese or Indian and not being able to pronounce it, but go ahead. Kyle.
1: It's Lao Laotisi
0: <laughs> Leo, it. is how it's spelled for sure. <laughs> Lao Zhe, Lao Zhu, something like that. But Lao Zhu is the art of war guy, and this is a whole different guy that we're talking about. So um, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce the guy, the guy that wrote the art of war, Lao Zhu. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Another, another ancient Chinese uh, st- statesman and philosopher. But uh, in any case, while I'm going through this research um, of the Tao De Ching, I'm seeing these political quotes popping up. And it reminded me of the Spinoza episode we did mm-hmm. where I couldn't get through the material without like Noticing. without like piling up all these political points that I yeah. thought were pretty interesting. So that happened with this research. And I thought, well, there's a whole other podcast ready to go right there. Just... Uh, talking through these quotes. So yeah. basically what this is, is the guy who founded uh, a, a, an ancient religion in China called Taoism. The The Taoism is the religion that the, um, that the yin and yang symbol comes from. Uh, so that, you know, you guys are maybe familiar with it from that perspective. But it's this guy talking about, basically talking about the relationship between God and man as far as I'm concerned. And then here and there, he drops these political bombs on you. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end, he has like a whole section on
1: politics. And yeah. so by the time I was done, I had like a whole pile of these. So th- this particular, particularly interesting to me because I, you know, you talk about like the mystic stuff and stuff like that more than I do. And I tend to talk about more like cultural government type things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't talk about that as much because I'm not as, you know, well read and deeply into it as you are, but I am pretty much on the same page with you as all of that stuff. And I am very interested in how those things intersect, you know, like Mm. the best practices for what am I trying to say here? Like how, how somebody who leans towards like anarchism and libertarianism can incorporate these kind of ideas, you know, uh, the best way to incorporate them into that kind of a political philosophy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think about it too, from, uh, the perspective of, you know, like, like religious philosophy that kind of underpins, uh, societies, like what a society is like has a lot to do with the type of faith that its people follow. Absolutely. And, um, and so you have a religion like Taoism, and and then from it you build a form of government. And what's interesting to me is what type of government do you form when you have these super mystical beliefs? And what we're gonna find out from Lao Zé is that it's basically pretty li- goddamn libertarian. Yeah. For for sixth century BC China, lean and mean. You know, I would say that sixth century China was on the cutting edge of political philosophy because that shit is. Legit. Nice. Excited to get into it. Before we do, I want to I want to mention just one little th- thought about the historical context, and that is the sixth century BC China. What was it like there at the time? Now, guys, I didn't do a bunch of research. I just really quickly wanted to see what was the world like in Asia back then. Is there
1: an Assassin's Creed game set in there? That would be helpful.
0: Probably <laughs> that would be helpful. That would be helpful. Um, <laughs> uh the thing is though it China was this was before China was unified under the Qin you know dynasty where, where we get the word China from uh this was basically China broken up into smaller like city states, and each one had their own emperor. so uh, there were at least four emperors at the time. again, like I said I, I couldn't be specific because I didn't look into it as much as I probably should have, but what I want you to understand is listening to this is that the time when this existed was basically. A relatively primitive time in China, where the the country was not unified at all. It was broken up into smaller pieces, and those pieces were warring with each other all the time. So this is this is the backdrop for where, what we're talking about. Got it. All right. Um, okay. So this where this is where I'll start, man. I'll, I'll drive the car a little bit here, if you if you don't mind, yeah, um, sure. because there were the Dao De Jing is basically the Bible of Taoism. It was written by this guy Lao Tzu. At least that's what that's what they tell you. With a lot of things like that, you know, books are attributed to people, and you never know if they were the ones that actually wrote it. Mm-hmm. You know, like like Moses supposedly wrote the five first five books of the Bible, but you know, probably not. Just one guy did that. So the Pentateuch. Yeah, there you go. So in 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 there, uh, the Tao Te Ching is broken up into books. So you just think about that, like the Bible, and the first five books are all about um, the. Tao, just understanding w- what they mean when they're talking about Tao and, you know, what the religion is all about. And then uh, the last part of the book, like, like I said, is about specifically about politics. What So what I thought was interesting is in books one through five, there were political quotes, but there weren't a lot of them. So I want to talk about those first. All right. So let's just dive in. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Uh, here's the first quote. Of the best rulers, the people do not know they exist. The next best, they love and praise. The next, they fear. And the next, they revile. Dum-dum-dum. Yep, I like it.
1: What does that make you think of? Um, I mean, it makes me think, uh, you know, the, of the best rulers, the people do not know they exist. That I think that's kind of interesting because it's not saying that there are no rulers. Mm-hmm. It's right. saying that you just aren't aware of them. right. So that's interesting.
0: I mean, it just sort of seems to me like, uh, you know, if there's a government, but there there's interactions with your daily life are so few and far between that you could basically live long stretches of your life without even knowing they exist, mm-hmm. that that's a good government. That's a government that's staying at, out of your fucking business. Yep. Is, is that kind of what you
1: what you take that to mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do think I, I and. The, the way that it proceeds, uh, you know, the the next one is uh, the next best they love and praise. Um, I think that's interesting, too, uh, because, you know, even if you love and praise, uh, even if you're loving and praising the people who are, you know, in charge, it, there's still like that gradation, like this is the best. Mm-hmm. This one's good, but it's still not as good. You know right. what I mean? Yep. Um, I just think that's interesting. Uh, it, to me, it says that even the ones that we love and praise, it's still not ideal. You know what I mean? No,
0: I agree. And and the image that comes to mind when I read that is like, like, uh, Caesar right before the fall of the Roman empire. Mm. So what I'm picturing is, um, we have a government where the people know that, that the government's involved. They're involved with your life. And in ancient Rome, not only were they taxing you and regulating you, but you, you actually were required to worship the emperor as a god. They mm. were right up in your life as deep as they could possibly get, yep. right up to the hilt. Yep. But the emperor was throwing games you know, feasts, yeah. gladiatorial competitions and the people loved and praised the emperor. Yeah. So you can see that that it's possible to have a state that's, that's completely in your business, uh, you know, interfering with your life. But as long as they're dangling a carrot of sufficient quality, yeah. you know, you're going to just go, go along with it.
1: So that you got the, the rulers that you don't know exist. The next best is the ones that they love and praise. The next they fear. Mm. And in my mind, I'm thinking of like um well, just to touch back on the love and praise, I think about how these people, these blue-pilled people, um, they do kind of love and praise like Barack Obama and even Joe Biden to some level. Sure. They're like they're like um saints. You know what mm. I mean? Yep. So that's something to consider. Uh the next they fear, that makes me think of something like um What's the word? Korea, North Korea, you know? Yes. Yeah, like they pretend like they love and praise those people. And I don't know, maybe there's some level of brainwashing where they actually do, but it's a lot of fear,
0: you know? So my mind goes to um, the Soviet Union, like communist Russia. But you know what's funny is what what follows uh, right on the tails of that in my mind is, you know, obviously the people were afraid in Russia. Everyone was tattling on everyone else. and Everyone was in constant fear of big brother. Um, But that also makes me think of cancel culture today. And it makes me think of, you know, the fear of domestic terrorism today, that 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 same sort of thing that we're talking about, that we're going to have to be afraid of our government if those things happen, of our government, you know, even more than we are already. We're going to have to be afraid of them for those reasons, Mm -hmm. you know. Yep. So it's not it's not like we're talking. Obviously, we're talking about ancient China, but this is relevant today. Evergreen. Yep. I, I hate that word Evergreen? Yep Why? I heard it for the first time Like two weeks ago And it's just one of those um, Coined corporate words That's fake And I fucking hate it That's so weird dude You know it's like There are things I have pet peeves man I, We can get off on this And I'm sorry But uh, Evergreen is one of them Um trying to think of others and as soon as you want to think about them then they all
1: they all escape sure. your memory i but, definitely got stuff like that too but evergreen is not one of them but i i don't work i'm not a corporate guy so i've never uh, heard it in that corporate th- context thought leadership that's oh, another one that sounds fucking thought leadership suck
0: a dick yeah, everyone
1: a million dicks
0: um and then uh um one thing i hate and i'll just tell you why we're on the subject is people who say
1: right after they've said a sentence okay so they'll say, blah, 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 right? That's like some, like, mind control. Yes. Some, like, getting you to agree with me subconsciously shit. It's the shit. most
0: manipulative shit. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. All right, so... Fuck mo- those people. So moving on. Yeah. Um, the next, they revile, and I think that's, that's pretty much self-explanatory. Yeah. That's um, like despotism. Exactly. Yeah. So in this first quote, guys, the best leaders are people that you don't even know exist. Um, that, to me, is a laissez-faire libertarian statement, sure. you know, and it's
1: coming to you from 6th century B.C., China. That's a long time ago. So, yeah, that I, I, I like that quote. That was a good one to start with, for sure. What do we— uh,
0: The next one. Um, banish wisdom. Discard knowledge and the people shall profit a hundredfold. Banish humanity, discard justice, and the people shall recover love of their
1: kin. So this one... This one's complicated. It And, you know, you've done, like, the Eastern stuff with the last solo episode you did. I'm not... I'm a huge fan of the insights and stuff. I'm not a f- huge fan of parsing the shit out. Um, and it's like western philosophy has its own brand of just like up its own ass like you know um (laughs) and i feel like there's a little bit of that in this eastern philosophy stuff it's like jesus man you know but um so
0: did you hear the way i described that in the upanishads episode i don't remember it off the top of my head but yeah i did it was something like this when you say something that's what you might call internally contradictory. It's, oh, a, yes. it's a, a, that's right. a statement that sort of contradicts itself, that what it does is it puts your mind in a place where you're generating novel thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I just bring that up again because because it ties into the music episode that you and I were talking about music in the same way or art in the same way, yeah. that you look, at, you look at something like that that's that's interpretable yeah. and your brain just fills it with meaning. Absolutely. And it just, there's no end to it. I think there's I think that's a tool that the Asian philosophers use to get you to think.
1: Okay. Something like that. I, I can appreciate that. Um, I still think that some of it is kind of fucking goofy. <laughs> um, but you know, we'll we'll get to it. We'll we'll kind of so pick up on well, yeah, what's
0: your beef with this one?
1: Well, nothing particularly with this one. I mean, banish wisdom, discard knowledge and the people shall profit a hundredfold. Let's talk about that. It does I mean, it does seem not true on some level. So but in some ways it does. I mean Well let me ask you this question then, Kyle.
0: Try to imagine an interpretation of banish wisdom, discard knowledge, and the
1: people will profit. Try to imagine a situation where that's true. Like mm-hmm. what 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 does that look like? Um, in my mind, it's something like don't overthink things. It could be. Like so I mean, I'm just
0: spitballing here, but like when we talk about wisdom, that's like the, that's like the collected knowledge of our ancestors. So, you know, it, it, and it's like the, uh, the understanding of the, the root of things. So wisdom is this concept that you might call it tied to tradition. So if you say banish wisdom, like the wisdom of our ancestors, you might be saying like, let's banish tradition and do something new. You, you might, you might talk, you might use that, uh, interpretation. Uh, but there's a little bit of a thing here with Taoism that's probably important to, to mention, and that is um, when they talk about knowledge, um, they they basically talk about that as like you're filling your mind up with distractions somehow, and that knowledge is not not that it's not valuable or important, but that it gets in the way of your like spiritual health. Okay. So if you if you like sh- you know shut your mind out to all these ideas that are that are like t- you know. Taking your consciousness places it doesn't need to go, that you could kind of hone in on um, this idea of non action that Taoism talks about. It's like, do nothing, and by doing nothing, you'll do everything. And that's the kind of shit that they talk about in the rest of the Tao Te Ching. Mm -hmm. So, banish knowledge is like, hey, don't get distracted by, you know, distractions. Yeah. Focus on, you know. That is
1: basically what I meant by don't overthink things. Don't like over intellectualize, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of picking up what he's putting down there. Um, Banish humanity and discard justice. Yes. And the people shall recover love of their kin. Yes. So
0: that, to me, was difficult to interpret. I have no fucking idea. No idea. So this is what I say. Banishing justice and to recover love of kin makes me think immediately of social justice. And I know that this is not what Lao had in mind from 600 B.C., but doesn't it interesting to you that when he says that by banishing justice that we recover love of our kin it's like we 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 are able to once again think of each other as brothers and sisters yeah. as soon as we get rid of this
1: justice idea yeah it's like you're so wrapped up in the idea of punishing people tit
0: for tat yeah. yes that i can't love you anymore because because somehow you know
1: that's true and i don't i don't even i guess that doesn't even need to be social justice but i mean if you put it in different context, it, it's like, I don't know that I want to discard justice for like murderers and things like that. I don't know that I want to recover the love of that kin. But yeah, for silly. Sh- and, and this just goes like this is kind of a, going back to that that first quote. I mean, if a government is doing its job well, there's not going to be a bunch of stupid ass laws, you know, that's true That that you have to discard justice for. So
0: there you go. Um, So, Kyle, there may be some of these that are in different orders than I sent them to you, but I don't think this one is. I'll I'll read it. This is the the next one. Again, uh, we got two more before we get into the actual kind of government section here, but uh, this one's a little longer, so here we go. He who by Tao purposes to help, excuse me, proposes to help the ruler of men will oppose all conquest by force of arms, for such things are wont to rebound. When armies are, thorns and brambles grow. Therefore, a good general affects his purpose and stops, affects his purpose and does not glory in it, affects his purpose as a regrettable necessity, affects his purpose but does not love violence. Even in victory, there is no beauty, and who calls it beautiful is one who delights in slaughter. He who delights in slaughter will not succeed in his ambition to rule the world.
1: Unquote. oh i like that Oof. that's like right up my alley that's some some shit right out of the the old ron paul blowback yes you know, that type of thing like you know don't start nothing won't be nothing don't start
0: no shit won't be no yep. shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um that's true
0: um i mean obviously the the over like the overarching theme here is like a an anti-war sentiment it's like hey um we shouldn't we shouldn't make war but if we have to we should make it we should make it brutal and quick yeah and that's something that doesn't happen in the western world it's like we we no. think we think it's kinder somehow to use half measures on people yeah. like we're gonna fill our bombs halfway with gunpowder yeah, yeah we're gonna drop them all over you and, yeah. it's, and instead of destroying you in in a in a, in a month we're gonna drag <laughs> this war on for 20 years yeah you know
1: yeah yeah, first we're going to kill your brother and then we're going to kill your other brother and you know, it's we're going to make you hate us, you know. Oh yeah. So, it's yep, it's definitely. Like, I think there's some of that there. For sure. Um, let's see here. What what are some of the other finer points in this? What did you think about the phrase where it says things are things are want to rebound? That's exactly yeah, where yeah, I was. Yeah. Yep. And that's like the that Ron Paul blowback thing. It's like you know, we are in we've been in Afghanistan, and supposedly we're going to be leaving in September, um, but we're we've been in Afghanistan for twenty years, and you know we've been in Iraq and all of this stuff, and we like to people who don't pay attention like to imagine that we're over there because of September eleventh right um, but really, if you look at it, we've been there, we've been destabilizing that region for. 80 years, you know, and a- after a while, people get sick of that shit. And, uh, and before, and yeah, being, bef- and the the Russians were involved in that part of yeah, the world absolutely. doing the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah, and especially in Afghanistan, like the, the whole Russia Afghanistan thing is, I mean, there's a lot of crazy shit going on there. Yeah. I mean, even if you weren't like specifically anti American in the Middle East, um, you would, you would be
0: anti Western, you know, even if you just because of all that, yep. you know?
1: Yep. Um so that that where armies are thorns and brambles grow I mean that's kind of I mean I, I do you think that that's like foreign armies
0: so I think that that has to do with um like it makes me think of an army com- marching through and and uh eating up all the crops and leaving behind just a mess of destruction in their wake like okay. what what an army does when it passes
1: through is to destroy I was not thinking as literally. I was thinking where armies are, thorns and brambles grow in the sense that where there's an army, people are going to be like, it's not going to be as nice. You know, well, things are going to be... Uh, I
0: think both I think both of those statements are are, yeah. are legit. Um, I did want to talk about this thing about th- their want to rebound before we move on. Oh, yeah. Because it, you know what it reminded me of is, is... I'm going to read this again. It says, um, yeah, it says, so... Um, it says, he, he who by Tao proposes to help the ruler of men will oppose all conquest by force of arms for such things are wont to rebound. So he's saying that that a, a good ruler is going to resist warfare because it, those things are wont to rebound. If I kill somebody, they're going to want to kill me back. Yep. And so this is what it brings my mind to. Let's talk about Jordan Peterson for a second. JP. So in, in his biblical lectures, he talks about the story of Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how Cain, you know, obviously kills Abel, and that, you know, Cain is marked, the mark of Cain. And uh, the reason he's marked is so that everybody who he encounters knows not to kill him. That God says, if you kill Cain, even though Cain killed his brother, he, God wants Cain to live a long life, um, basically uh, a ...kicking himself for making this terrible decision, he you know, to really suffer in his own conscience. And uh, and the, so the, the mark on Cain is basically telling people that if you kill Cain or harm Cain, that that God will harm you back to, to the seventh generation. So I'm not only am I going to hurt you, I'm going to hurt your kids and your kids' kids and their kids and their kids. So and the way Jordan Peterson uh, describes this, he's like, hey, this story is telling you something really important about human beings um that the, that the Jewish people are saying that from the mouth of God that if you do something that's unforgivable like killing somebody that you must end it because retaliation does not end it only it, it only snowballs and gets worse until the whole world is destroyed mm-hmm. that the story of Cain is something like the story of um of uh, uh well, how, how would you put that you know it basically the secret to stop endless retaliation the secret to living in peace with other people um something like that
1: yeah that's yep. interesting to yep um and those those jordan jordan peterson biblical things I, i've watched those all before but i just feel like i need to do it again you should do you it know. again man <laughs> a lot of good stuff in there so are we still are we still in this quote yeah um well i mean do you have anything else on this quote cuz i uh, Affects purpose, but does not love violence. Even in victory, there is no beauty. Um, I mean, that just... You know, I can't remember... What is it? Smedley Butler, who has that quote? I can't even remember the quote. Um, Paraphrase it it for me. Basically, he's like, there's no glory in war. Like, people people imagine that there's all this glory in war, but once you're in it, it's not... It is you, not, it's not glory. You, you, yeah, 100%. Yeah,
0: so... Well, the last line of this phrase says, he who delights in slaughter will not succeed in his ambition to rule the world. And, and the reason I want to bring this last sentence back up is because we're talking about Chinese government right now, going back to 600 BC. And at the end of this, I want to give you some contrast between what Lao Tzu was saying and what Mao Zedong would say, you know, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years down the road. Mm-hmm. and And... I don't know who fits this sentence better than Mao. He who delights in slaughter will not succeed in his ambition to rule the world. Does anybody delight in slaughter more than
1: Mao Zedong? Uh, I mean, statistically, tw- not,
0: not twenty really. million. 20 million Chinese died in the Cultural Revolution compared to 9 million Jews in the Holocaust. Six million, something like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't even know the exact numbers on either one. But just to give you some context, Mao killed more of his own people than than Hitler killed in the concentration camps yeah. by a long shot.
1: Again, you don't, you don't really hear about that that often for some reason. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. All right, all right. Uh, you want to do the last uh, quote, the fish?
0: Yeah, sure. Okay, go ahead.
1: Fish should be left in the deep pool, and sharp weapons of the state should be left where none can see them. So that's, first of all, just one sentence. It's good. Kind of of a strange sentence, but what's your take on that? Fish should be left in the deep pool. Uh, That reminds me of uh, a quote from Einstein where he says that something to the effect of like, you know, if you... I mean, I'm definitely paraphrasing here, but it was like, you know, if you put a fish on a basketball court, he's going to think he's dumb. You know, like fish belong in the water. That's where they're, uh, that's where they're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're like tuned in. That's where they're supposed to be. You know what that makes me think of? What's that? Happy Gilmore. What's that? (laughs) What he's putting... Ta- tap it in? No, he's like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know he's what like, part go, you're talking about. Go, go into your home. Oh, yeah, it's exactly. your home. That's
0: right. Uh, Matt, Matt's going to critique us on that uh, <laughs> rap at that on that on quote here uh, later now on. Uh <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, I think you're right. I think fish should be left in the deep pool is saying things should be kept where they belong. Yeah. But then it's saying sharp weapons of the state should be left where none can see them. So is the implication there that sharp weapons of the state should be kept where they belong, and that means away from anyone's awareness? Or what, what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the sharp weapons of the state. I, You know, as a person who openly admits to being an anarchist, I don't think that there should be weapons of the state. Um, you know, I don't think that there should be a state necessarily. Um, but if there, if the state is going to exist and it's going to have weapons, yeah, I don't think that, like... I mean, I think of, uh, you, you know, like the giant military parades that the communists would put on, it's like, look what we fucking got, you know, uh, don't fuck with us. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of think, I think about the militarization of the police and how like, I mean, you think about, um, you think about what cop cars used to look like. Mm -hmm. They used to be these crown Vicks, you know, kind of like a grandpa car with some lights on the top of it. And now you look at cop cars, and they're like Dodge Chargers, and they're yeah. all fucking black. <laughs> they're awesome. Yeah, they're cool as hell, and yeah. it's intimidating, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't, I'm i not a fan of that. I think that these, mm, you know... That's a really good point, man. I hadn't thought of that. You're right.
0: They are way more intimidating, and that does give the perception, a different perception
1: of the police to the mm-hmm. citizens. You're right. You think about, like, Barney Fife, you know? Oh, yeah. He's got, like, a khaki suit on, and he like got a gun on his hip, and he doesn't even keep bullets in. <laughs> yeah. And then you look at cops, like, I, I mean... Cops are fucking scary, man. Like, yeah. they're wearing all this tactical gear. And, yep. uh, you know, uh, I think that there's a reason for that. I don't think it's a, an accident.
0: That's interesting. It reminds so. me of black-suited SS soldiers or something. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to make that connection with the police. I'm not saying that. So, um, I do. I do. <laughs> um, so, okay, so... So I, I like that. It, you know what it reminds me of? I wrote down while you were talking: "Speak softly, but carry a big stick." Mm-hmm. That that if we have sharp weapons of the state and we keep them out of you know the public, um, you know uh, knowledge, that we are not brandishing our weapons around, like you said, that they do in North Korea and mm-hmm. the, you know former Soviet Union and stuff like that, uh, military parades. Uh, you're not doing that. You're also keeping them safe, right? If they're, if they're, you know, if you have valuable weapons or, or things that you might need for war, you know, keeping them where they belong maybe is keeping them safe. Sure. But let me ask you this angle. I don't know what it means by sharp weapons of the state exactly. And do you think yeah. do you think that the weapons of the state might be more than actual physical weapons? Oh, for they, sure. It might be
1: propaganda, manipulation, oh, for sure. political force. Yep. All Diplomacy. All you know. Yeah, for sure. I think. Uh, Sharp weapons don't necessarily just have to be physical weapons. That's that's a good point. Good, okay. I, I think having talked to you through talked with you through this,
0: this thing means, you know, speak softly but but carry a big Basically, stick. I yeah. I, yeah, I didn't really take that the first time, but I think that's the most accurate thing. Cool, but it's also more anti on anti war. So I think that's important. Um, okay. Um. All right. So then, now we're going to get into book six of the Dao De Jing, and this is one of the last books, and it's called the Theory of Government. So I was actually surprised to find this there. I, I didn't realize that it was there, and I read the Dao De Jing when I was a kid. Yeah, and I do not
1: remember this. I didn't read the Dao De Jing as a kid, but I did <laughs> read the Dao of Pooh. Ooh. Uh Yep. So you know, I
0: I, I specifically. Excuse me, I specifically mentioned that one at the beginning oh, yeah? at the
1: beginning of the <laughs> the Tao episode. Yeah. It's yeah. a good book, man. It was.
0: Yep. So the one I want to read first, Kyle, is Rule a Kingdom by the Normal. Do you do you want me to do that or do you want to do that one?
1: Uh, you can read it. All right. It's a little long for me. Yeah, it's a little long. <laughs> All right,
0: here you go, guys. Rule a kingdom by the normal. And I'll just stop by saying by the normal that it's a Chinese word. So the translation there is the straight or the righteous path, something like that. So rule a kingdom by the normal. Fight a battle by abnormal tactics of surprise. Win the world by doing nothing. How do I know it is so? Through this. The more prohibitions there are, the poorer the people become. The more sharp weapons there are, the greater the chaos in the state. The more skills of technique, the more cunning things are produced. The greater the number of statues, the greater the number of thieves and brigands. Therefore, the sage says, I do nothing, and the people are reformed of themselves. I love quietude, and the people are righteous of themselves. I deal in no business, and the people grow rich by themselves. I have no desires, and the people are simple and honest by themselves. Uh, When the government is lazy and dull, its people are unspoiled. When government is efficient and smart, it's people are discontented. Disaster is the avenue of fortune and fortune is the concealment for disaster. So I think I I think I read two two there together. But in any case, um let's let's stop start with the where we where we began there, Kyle. All right. Uh, there's some really awesome stuff here. So there's a lot of good Let's stuff hear it. Let's hear you what what did you think?
1: Um, Rule the Kingdom by the normal. Uh let's get to the parts where it really starts jumping out at me. Right
0: right at the end Where it says Therefore the sage says That's where it gets Interesting to me But go, keep going sir
1: Um So I mean I just think that uh, ha- How do I know To sow through this The more prohibitions There are The poorer the people become Yes Um Fuck yes To me that's se- That seems like uh Like Austrian economics Like get uh, Don't Don't restrict people's Ability to do business Don't restrict Um I mean I, I you know I want to say anything Really but uh yeah, I mean just the more restrictions you put on people, the less opportunity people have, right? So so you're right. Your your mind goes to things like like free
0: trade and mm-hmm. taxation and stuff like that. If we don't do that stuff, uh, people are more free to do uh what they would what they want to do and what, you know, what's natural for them and what's most beneficial for
1: them and everyone else. And I think of prohibitions, I think of you know, things like drugs um Mm. and you you may not be you may not want to do drugs you may not want to associate with people who do drugs but there's a market for them and why if i can make money selling drugs why do you have the right to like take that away from me uh the poorer the people become why why do you have the right to Mm. prevent me from feeding my family by selling a natural herb that doesn't do anything to anyone. Yeah, absolutely. So you know that kind of sh- you know it just drives me nuts.
0: No, I, I'm with you, man. I think there's definitely the idea here that that regulation and um, you know interference of any kind are keeping people poor and unhappy.
1: Yep. Uh, the more sharp weapons there are, the greater the chaos in the state. Yeah, I mean we you, we talked about that just a
0: second ago with the militarization of the police. Yeah. Um, you know. Fact that the that the, the pol- that the ordinary police for your like little community has like SWAT gear, you know, yep. that they ha- that they can use that they got paid for by the you know the whatever. The- the,
1: yeah, a lot of it comes from the Department of Defense. Yes, it's like you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, he he likes uh, the sharp weapons a lot. That's for sure. Yeah. Do you think that that tracks over to the public? Like, do you think he's saying the public shouldn't be armed?
0: Well, it's funny. He says the more sharp weapons there are, he doesn't say the more the more sharp weapons the state has. He just says the more sharp weapons there are, the greater the chaos. So that maybe has something to do with the people and the government
1: being more capable of harming one another. Sure, you know whatever that weapon might be. You know, see that if that is the case, that's that's a that's where I branch off a little bit. I'm a big fan of the proliferation of weapons amongst the populace. So, yeah. Interesting, interesting. So then this
0: part, the the part I like the most is this end part where it says... I do nothing. So when he says I, mm-hmm. he's talking about the, the government. Mm-hmm. If the government does nothing, the people will, will be reformed all by themselves. Mm-hmm. If the government is quiet and says nothing, the people will be righteous all by themselves. And if I if I don't have any business interactions as the government with with business, if I don't if I don't dip my toe into that water, that people will grow rich all by themselves. That one I love the most. Yeah. Uh, but then it says I have no desires, so the government doesn't want anything for itself and the people will uh will be simple and honest by themselves. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, it's not the government's place to have
1: desires. Yeah.
0: You know, it's the, the government is supposed to do you know, for the people. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to have their own agenda.
1: Yeah. That's uh and it, just the way that they're talking about these things being righteous and being simple and honest, that makes me th- that's not necessarily that makes me think of like today with these people trying to instill, like, cultural values into us. It's like, that's not your job. And, you know, these the people on the left, mostly, they get all riled up about fascism. But, like, this marriage of corporations and government, mm-hmm. this, like, t- being real tight with corporations and government, and that combined with the government and their desire to like instill cultural values in us that Mm. is fascism Mm.
0: and they're just
1: completely fucking blind to that um so who's blind to that the people who are crying about fascism the these Mm. people who are like you're a fascist you know it's like you don't have a fucking idea what fascism is absolutely um so that's just what that's what it makes me think of
0: that's it's interesting so that, <laughs> pardon me. So that piece that I read that I shouldn't have was another piece that says when the government is lazy and dull, its people are unspoiled. I think it goes right along with that that libertarian laissez faire thing that we've been talking about all through this so far. Mm-hmm. And obviously, lazy is not a word that we would necessarily th- think of as a good thing. Mm-hmm. But in this context, laissez is saying it as a good thing. It's like if the government is lazy and dull, if it's yeah. an, if it's not doing anything, that's that's. That's the best. And it, he says that the people are unspoiled, which makes me think that that there's an idea here that if what the government's doing for the people is spoiling them. It's making them less self-reliant. It's making them more dependent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's funny that he uses that
1: word, unspoiled. Yeah, that is... I thought that was interesting, too. Um, I don't... I, the, the word... I mean, I know it's a translation. <laughs> Lousey was not writing in English, but... <laughs> The the translations and I mean I have to assume that there's the, the translator wasn't just being a dick. Um, th- the word choice is weird in a lot of this Eastern shit. It's like I don't. It's like I feel like I would have picked a different word, but I'm sure that there's like a reason they picked that word.
0: Yeah, so it's funny to bring that up because there's many different translations of this Daodejing. Naturally, the, the one that I used is from the 40s, mm-hmm. and it's because I. Um, one of the, I like old books, so yeah. I just happen to have an old copy. I like the way they look and smell, and I like the translation better. And I have a newer translation that I looked at, and it was it was terrible. Really, it was terrible. I was like, this is way way worse. Yeah, you know, I can see that, I can see what it's saying. It's saying the same thing, but like you're like missing the point here. Like, you know, it, it makes me wonder about things like even our even the Bible, like you know, yeah. and how often it's translated and all that.
1: I remember I was listening to I believe it was a Dan Carlin. Um it was the yeah it was the Celtic Holocaust episode that he did and he was talking about how uh somebody did a more modern translation of uh Caesar's Wars you know his commentary on his war in Gaul mm. and he the that's, reason that's, that's
0: France for the lay people
1: yeah uh so the, you know he was like what you know why there's been a million translations of this why do we need a new one and she said it's because the translations back then, people are going to read it and be like, this is awful. These people, you know, um, mm. so that it's like you need to contextualize it for the modern culture and our modern culture is garbage, so. Yeah, but that also sounds like
0: rewriting history in some way. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's
1: for sure true. Um, you know, I mean, you take something that is a little bit more modern and right there in the forefront of everybody's consciousness, because it's fucking pushed there all the time you think about, and this is another thing that I heard from Dan Garland: like a hundred years from now, somebody might write a book about like things that Hitler did well, you know, like, uh, you know, like mm. he, maybe some good ideas that he, and right now that is just like, no way, you yep. know, you could never get away with that. Mm,
0: absolutely. Um,
1: so, I mean, I do think that there is some, like some value in that, that, translating things to update it for culture but i'm with you that in some ways it does seem like we're just going to control what you're thinking about the past that that to
0: me that is particularly scary mm-hmm. because what i realized when i when i was first like confronting the, the that idea that uh re- like today the left is rewriting the history of of the united states yeah and that i i realized when i started noticing like hey George Washington is now considered to be uh, a racist and a terrible, a terrible person, and now and now we're we're to, supposed to be ashamed that he's associated with the founding of our country, yeah. and that's true for Je- you know Jefferson and Adams and you know on and on and on. That uh, that I realized I was that I I had an an identity linked to this to this history that some part of my pride or some part of my identity or some part of my values that I can't really describe well is connected to this hero story this mythology that I grew up hearing about my country mm-hmm. that I was proud to be an American that in America was a great country and why and now I'm not allowed to think that anymore and to me it's like look um, there's there's all kinds of bad shit that, hap- that happens in human history and that sh- bad shit and, and good shit for that matter but the bad shit maybe more so is part of the context of that time. Mm-hmm. And if we pretend like they like, you know, that bad shit wasn't there or that the good shit wasn't there or or whatever, that we are losing context to our history. Mm-hmm. And then what we will understand about our history is something that didn't happen. And then suddenly our history will become something more like mythology that doesn't have any fucking, you know, concrete <laughs> basis. It's just something made up to yeah. to, to, persuade, to make us, you know, persuade
1: our thinking i think and you know get get out the conspiracy theory hats the tinfoil hats but uh i think on uh, I, I think what they present to you is the reason for wanting to do that is like well those ideas are bad and we believe differently now and so we're angry about stuff that happened in the past you know but i think the real motive is exactly what you're talking about to disconnect us from our roots you know to to i mean you think about the the good stuff you were talking about the bad shit and the good shit yeah well think about the bad shit that was happening back in the american revolution but think about the good shit the good shit was like particularly good you know oh yeah so i do think i think they're trying to cut the roots between us and that good shit i think that's the point and and i know
0: and i know man and it sounds like to me, that they think there's some moral value in that, like it's like it's a good thing to brainwash the f- the future generations to think this way because it's because it's superior.
1: I don't think I think that the vast majority of the populace, the these people, these people who are going to the riots and stuff like that, I think they think there's some kind of moral good in that. Yep. I think that the people, the people who are a little bit smarter and are playing a long game mm-hmm. are it's like, like I said, it has nothing to do with moral good. It has everything to do with power. consolidating power and making the people more manageable mm. because I mean, think about what was going on in the, I mean, uh, there's a, there's a, a meme and a, like a t-shirt that goes around and it's George Washington. And it's like me and my homies would be stacking bodies by now. It's mm. talking about right now. I think that a lot of this, like, Cutting us off from our roots is because, yeah, that's what would be going on back then. Ah, uh, that's interesting. Like we, we don't want to
0: give people, we don't want to show people the example, yeah, of what of what the revolutionary people in our history, the important revolutionary people, would have
1: done in this situation. We yep. don't we don't want to give people that example to follow. Yeah, that's, that's bad. Hard. Those like, guys were racist. Wow, they were slave owners. Yeah, so I think I mean again, got my tinfoil hat on, but. I think that's what's going on there. All right.
0: So there's another quote here that, that, and maybe we can skip it, honestly, kind of goes along the same lines, but uh, it's a little bit, a little bit more uh, mystical. Uh, The one that says in managing human affairs, you see that, you see that one there, Mm -hmm. Kyle? Yep. There is no better rule than to be sparing. To be sparing is to forestall, to forestall is to be prepared and strengthened. To be prepared and strengthened is to be ever victorious. Um, And it goes on and on and on. It does say something weird about he who has infinite capacity is fit to rule a country. And the mother principle of a a ruling country can long endure. So there's a little bit of some hippy-dippy stuff there at the end. But I think this is more of, again, when it says... Uh, it's better to be sparing to you know. It's just basically saying the less the government does, the better, which we've said we've said several times. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have anything else on that one?
1: I've kind of caught up on that last line. He who has infinite capacity is fit to rule a country. That line in and of itself makes perfect sense. Like this dude who is fucking great at everything. That's yeah. the guy you want to be in charge. But um, you know
0: what? D- does that ring to to you? Does that ring like what it makes me think of is uh, Jesus? And that what I mean is Jesus is the symbol of the perfect man mm. and you could never measure up to the perfect man because you you're always gonna sin. So how can you measure up against somebody who's again a, a character who mythologically has never sinned, a perfect man, that I'm never gonna measure up to that. Mm-hmm. So it, maybe what they're saying is he who has infinite capacity is is fit to rule a country, but nobody has infinite capacity. Sure, so yeah. nobody's fit oh. to rule a country.
1: Oh, I like that. Is it something like that, maybe? Maybe. All right. Um and the mother principle of a ruling country can long endure. That's interesting. I have no idea what that means. Well, I mean, I I know what it means, but I just don't like in the context. I don't know what he's talking about.
0: Well, the so the mother principle in, in the in Taoism, the mother is associated with yin. It's mm. like the creative impulse. Um, it's the the place where things can come from. The the chaos. Gotcha. Uh, but when it says the the mother principle, it kind of makes me think of, um, like I don't know if you if you said what's the principle if you had you had to say what is the principle of the United States the, that governs the United States. You know, I want to say freedom. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say freedom is yep. you know, whether that's true or not. That's what I want to say.
1: That's the the legend.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and maybe it was maybe it was different in in sixth century China. Maybe maybe then it was. You know, boy, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I yeah, don't know what what it, it might have been.
1: That's where this is where that Assassin's Creed game would come in handy. Mm. <laughs>
0: Jump in the old Animus and yep. take a trip. Take a trip around sixth century China. Man, that would be cool. All
1: right, so but yeah, I, I really don't know. I I don't have much else on the. Uh, I don't either. Yeah. Mm. So all right, you want me to read this next one? Um, is it the rule a big country one? Yep. Yeah, let's do that. Go ahead. Rule a big country as you would fry a small fish. A big country should be like the female yin, passive, of the world. The female overcomes the male by quietude and achieves the lowly position of by quietude. Therefore, if a big country places itself below a small country, it absorbs the small country. And if a small country places itself below a big country, it absorbs the big country. What a big country wants is but to shelter others, and what a small country wants is but to be able to come in and be sheltered. Thus that both may have what they want, a big country ought to place itself low. Boom. Yeah. Well,
0: I have some
1: thoughts, but I want to hear yours. What what do you think that means? Um <laughs> rule a big country as you would fry a small fish. What do you think that means? Um that I if I'm going to rule the country, I need to like cover you guys in like flour and like breadcrumbs or something. <laughs> you Is know what, that it. You know what I wrote down? What? I was like Carefully, oh, okay. deli- Delicately. All right. You know, like, that makes sense.
0: And, you know, because I just think if you, if, if you overcooked a small fish, that wouldn't be good. It would be burned or it would be turned into mush or That's something. That's a good so, point. I like that. So rule of big country you'd fry a small fish
1: must, to me, must mean carefully, delicately. Then it gets really sexist. It yep. starts getting sexist <laughs> here. Uh, the A big country should be like the female passive um, of the world. And I mean, I completely agree with that. I, you know, well, I, I do completely agree with that. But I meant in the in the terms of governing. Um, uh, if we're gonna have a government, I like the idea of it being passive. That's for sure.
0: So, do you, this might take a little bit of explanation because when they it does use the word female, mm-hmm. but I think what it means is something more like feminine. Yeah. So we're not to, we're not talking about gender. We're talking about qualities of human beings and, qu- and of of human personalities or character and those things break up into two categories feminine and masculine and every everybody has some combination of the two and those tie to the yin and the yang and that's really important in taoism so when it says a big country should be like the female or be like the principle of yin um that is the passive principle it's the principle that doesn't assert itself or act it's the it's the principle that just allows things to happen and the second sentence here clarifies that by saying the female overcomes the male by, by quietude, by, by doing nothing, by this inaction, this passivity. So it's not saying that the female is passive and that somehow is, is less than, than the masculine. Uh, it's saying that, that the female overcomes the masculine by doing this. What do you think that means?
1: Oh, man. The female overcomes the male by quietude. I really don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not sure what, what to think about that. So I, I, I mean, I don't know, man, what I think is, I don't get in trouble here on Mother's
0: Day, but <laughs> what, what, what this is what comes to my mind. Like we have this conversation in the culture about gender, you know, and about, about feminine and masculine and gender roles and all this stuff, um, And and we, for such a long time, women have felt like they that they're slighted because they think that their position in the in the dyad, the the male female, you know, dyad, that their position in it is somehow less valuable or less meaningful than the male. So stupid. It is. It is stupid. It is absolutely stupid. And I, you know, I don't know what what could make you think that. Like to be to like. I guess what I'm getting at here is that I am under no illusions that I run this household. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm a man, and that means a couple things. <laughs> One of the things it means is that I'm proud that you know, in some ways, that I do consider myself to be the 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 ruler of my kingdom. You might say of you know whatever size that might be, even if it's just myself, or if it's my my family, my kids, or my even if it includes my wife. And in some ways, it does. And I and I think I'm willing to sacrifice and lay down my life for them, and that that's that's required of me with that level of responsibility. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, that makes me the the ruler of this house. Yeah. But I'm under no illusions that that's true. And what I mean is that if my wife's not happy, I'm not happy. Yeah. That I have to I have to consider her in all things. That she. Complements the thing, my weaknesses that she brings to the table. Things that I don't. That it's important for me to absorb the part of of you know life that she brings to the table, and that without and that I in so many ways I am dependent on that. That I couldn't do what I do without without her. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, you know that's what I think it means when it says the female overcomes the male. That she she didn't try. She's not like she's not like a tyrant that's beating me down until I serve her. Mm -hmm. She does none of that. And I still serve her And that's uh, And I don't I don't mean that In any kind of, kind of Like slavery type way I mean that in a Like a good Like a good husband And father way Sure That I'm doing my Responsibility by her And she hadn't She didn't have to Force me to do it It's just something that is Okay So something like that If that
1: makes any Fucking sense at all That does make sense Um You got me all like Spun out And now I'm wanting To talk about gender roles Because <laughs> that shit Drives me uh, We should Let's do an episode About that okay, We don't have yeah, to talk yeah, About yeah, it right okay. now well, We but should Absolutely Yeah yeah Um because I do have a lot of problems with that kind of shit. But, yeah, let, let's keep it to, to so, loud say. So, yeah, and then it brings in the sentence about um, achieving the lowly position. Mm-hmm. And this is going
0: to keep coming up. So, you know, I don't know if you want to – if there's anything else you want to talk about there.
1: Um, let's see. Uh, the lowly position by quietude. No, Not, not really. I mean, are you saying in this quote – or are you moving yeah. on to the next one? No, no, no. Let's okay. stay, right, let's right,
0: stay right. in this quote because it's going to say here, um, you know, if a big country places itself below a, a small country, it absorbs the small country and vice versa. What do you think of that? I'm not sure what that means exactly, but. Yeah, I don't. That's I don't really know what it means either. Um, I mean, it kind of makes me think like if I was a small country and couldn't defend myself as much. Like, let's say I'm uh, let's say I'm um, Mexico. Mexico.
1: Yeah, no, okay. not Mexico, well, not was, not
0: small enough. Well, I was I was trying to stay in Asia there like China oh, like so okay. like suppose I'm Cambodia or something. Okay. And the, the Chinese uh have a huge army and a lot of people and I don't have all, any of those things. That yeah. if I have the the right type of relationship with China that uh you know I can rely on China to protect me or to insulate me from sure. from you know from uh threats so Maybe there's something like that, like with if the, with the right kind of relationship between a powerful country and a weaker country that they can.
1: I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I do think that that is essentially true, um... and it goes along with the anti-war stuff that we've been talking about.
0: Because because you, if you were a big strong country, you could just march in and take over the country easy. Yeah. But this is not saying to do that mm-hmm. exactly. Although I don't really know what they mean by absorb a country.
1: I mean, you're definitely not going to have a little country absorbing a bin country. It's not going to be able to do that by force. I don't – I mean, it's hard because I don't have the context and I haven't, like, you know, spent a lot of time thinking about this. But I don't like the idea of – like, we'll think like, we'll use the Cambodia thing. Sure, it's nice. Like, it's nice to know that if, you know, I don't know, some other country decides that they don't like you and they want to come fuck with you that China's got your back. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But what if China wants to do things that are not in Cambodia's interest? Then it becomes a problem. Yes, it does. So I am not necessarily a fan of that, but it's hard because I don't really know what it means.
0: Yeah, th- then that's a good point, man, because I don't really know what it means by absorb the country. Because that, again, everything we've been talking about so far has been about you know, resisting violence and war. And this mm. is saying absorbing a smaller country. So, But it does say at the end that... that in order for both countries to get what they want, that the big country ought to place itself low, mm-hmm. and th- that makes me think of Jesus again. Do you mm-hmm. know where I, you know where I'm getting at? Washing people's feet. Yeah, it's like you know, the first among you will be the last, the last among you will be the first. Washing his disciples' feet, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. All that stuff. That when it, when it's saying that if you're a powerful country, that you should make yourself low, that that seems to be the same type of message that Jesus was preaching along those lines. Yep. What do you think that
1: means? For in terms of the state, um, I don't know, take care of, take care of. I mean, I. so we're thinking about, like, large states and small states, but, I mean, the individual is, like, the smallest state there is. You That's know? true, yeah. So I guess it's just, like, do what you can to take care of, you know, to, to put... What am I trying to say here? Don't elevate yourself above them. Yes, yes, yes I think Because that's then it. you're going to be looking down on them, and you're going to think of them as less than, and it's almost like uh, dehumanizing.
0: Yes, I think you got it, man. I think that's got to be it, and, the, and because that goes along with all the anti-war stuff, mm-hmm. and because because you can think about like the way that um, uh, the way that um, like in Vietnam, the soldiers were kind of taught to think about the Kong as subhuman animals. Yeah. And it was easier for them to kill them by yeah. doing that. Yeah. And this is saying, you know, don't don't place your don't place yourself so high above everyone else that you think you're something different. Yeah. Because then you're going to do some terrible be able to do some terrible things.
1: Pretty much all through history, it's like anytime there's a genocide or something truly, I mean, you think about like the Jews, uh, you know, lots of lots of rhetoric about them being rats and vermin and, you know, oh, yeah. and stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. And about awesome. hygiene, you know, social mm-hmm. hygiene, and racial hygiene. Yeah. Uh, another thing that's been popping through my head, and it's not really serious, but big country is just making me think of that fighter, Roy Nelson. It's big country. <laughs> big I've country. been thinking of the entire time. He doesn't fight anymore, does he? No. I, uh, I don't think he fights in the UFC, but actually I think he might still be fighting. All right, here's another one about keeping low I want to read to you, Kyle. Get low. It says, How did the great rivers and
0: seas become the lords of the ravines? by being good at keeping low. Therefore, in order to be the chief among the people, one must speak like their inferiors. In order to be foremost among the people, one must walk behind them. Thus, it it is the sage that stays above, and the people do not feel his weight, walks in front, and the people do not wish him harm. Then the people of the world are glad to uphold him forever, because he does not contend. No one in the world can contend against him.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I like it
0: So this is more of that More of that keeping low stuff And I think your interpretation Is spot the fuck on That if you're going to rule people That you should You should make yourself You know On par Or even Or even Lower than them You should treat the people As As um, The significant uh, Part of that relationship Between the state And the people The people Are to be kept high The state should be kept low In order to In order to serve the people Okay. I mean it's Yep. couldn't be more different than than communist China today, but oh, there, it, but there it is.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, you think about like communist China and this they do a good job. I'm sure they do a good job. There's lots of propaganda uh, about how they are trying to keep low about how they're looking out oh, yeah. for, but it just never seems to work no, out that way. It's propaganda for yeah. sure. You got anything else for this? I do. I mean, it's it's not necessarily um I'm just being kind of literal here. How did the great rivers and seas become the lords of the ravines by being good at keeping low? Mm -hmm. How are the great rivers and the seas low? I mean, I guess sea level is what you're talking about. I mean,
0: my, because there's other quotes in the Dao De Jing that talk about water and how how water is like the softest material, but it'll cut through rock. Yeah. And that you know that water has the power to to cut ravines into the mountains and make them low. Gotcha. That okay, has that something has something to do with that. Got yeah. it. But but emphasizing that it's the lowness that's important about about the water. So mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: But yeah, that's that. That was it. I, I mean, I. I agree with pretty much everything you said there. Uh, I did think in order in order to be foremost among the people, one must walk behind them. Uh, that reminds me of, you know, I listened to that dude Jocko Willink a lot. And yeah. He was a Navy SEAL commander. Mm. And he, he talks about how to be a good commander, especially like Navy SEALs, those guys are like, oh, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you think about it. Think about like your typical grunt marine. Oh, are like, let's fucking get over there, you know? Yeah, but like to be a good commander, you can't be up there. You got to take a step back. You got to be able to see the Mm. entire thing. Um, But I don't even, I'm not necessarily that sure what they're, what's being meant in this. In my mind, it's more of like what we were talking about before, except we were talking before about being above and below. In this case, it's front and behind. Mm. But. So, I, I think leading by
0: following is, is something that pops up other places. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes me think of, um, like, going back to your military example, um, you have to, like, to lead by example. Yes. Is to, is to allow, is to trust your soldiers to sit in the back and trust their decisions. Let let them lead. Let the people lead and the state and the state is in the rear of that. You know, the leader is in the rear of that, trusting its people to do what's best for themselves. And, you know, that's the complete opposite of what the of of any government, western or eastern or communist or capitalist, doesn't matter today, every government is leading. They're not letting the people lead.
1: Yeah. That's true. Um yeah, I like that assessment of that. That makes more sense. Um, I, I wanted to read the, um, who, who knows
0: that he does not know is the highest. Yeah, they're uh,
1: starting to be a little out of order for me. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, let me.
0: Go ahead. Uh, yeah, let me drive the car then a little bit. Um, th- th- because I reorganized this to structure it so that it flowed, I thought, a little better. So there's a there's a short one that says, who knows that he does not know is the highest. Who pretends to know what he does not know is sick-minded. Now this was in the political um, part of the Tao De Jing. Otherwise, you wouldn't necessarily say that this is a political quote. But it's under the theory of government where we read this. Mm-hmm. So, what, what do you have on this one?
1: The, he who knows th- he, what am I trying to say here? I can't fucking read. Who knows that he does not know is the highest. Yes. That just makes me think of. Uh, I can't even remember remember who said it. Some some politician or general or something, and he was talking about you know there's. The things that we know we know oh yeah and then there's things that we know we don't know yeah and then there are the things that we don't even know that we don't know <laughs> yeah uh that that's what that calls to mind and it is definitely good to know you know like obviously it's good to know what you know but it's it's good to be aware of the fact that you don't know everything i think that's for sure good and when you don't then you start pretending to know and that is sick-minded. I mean, yes. you've got flaws. You've got uh, Not flaws. What's the word I'm looking for? There's chinks in your armor. I'll tell you what word comes that to my may mind. Have been inappropriate because this is about Chinese oh, stuff. Oh,
0: Jesus, Kyle. Um, you know what comes to my mind there is... Um, well, God, you threw me off with that comment, man. You threw me off. Uh, oh, man. So, well, first of all, that first part, um, who knows that he does not know is, high, is the highest, reminds mm-hmm. me of Socrates. Okay. So you remember Socrates? the story of Socrates. So great. Was, you know, first of all, the government of Greece had that motherfucker killed for doing this. Yeah. But what he did was he would, just, he would just talk to people who wanted to talk to him on the street. A lot of the people were young kids, um, you know, like teenagers in y- early 20s, the, those kind of people, the people that are exploring the world and trying to understand it. And he, they would talk to Socrates, and he would say, oh, you, you, know, you think you know things. Okay, well, what, what, is, what, what is beauty? Tell me what that is. And they would give him an explanation, and he would say, well, well that doesn't account for this. Mm-hmm. And then they would then they would try to fumble around and figure out how to make sense of that, and he'd say, but that doesn't account for this, until people realized what they thought they know, they didn't fucking know at all. True the government had him killed for that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the, you know what this reminds me of, Kyle? He who, who pretends to know what he does not know is sick-minded. sick-minded. That reminds me of maniacal arrogance. That fucking there we old go chestnut again. always popping up. And that's true for that's true for the highest levels of government, who people who pretend to know what's best for us. Mm-hmm. That's true for the follow the science people who looking who, at you, Fauci. Who, yep, who refuse to admit that science is ever changing process and that there aren't facts. You I know, fucking hate those people so much. Um, but, you know, it, and it's not, it's to, I'm not an anti-science guy. I'm not an anti-empiricist. To me, it's about manipulating people. That's what rubs me yeah. the wrong way. Yeah. To tell people that the science is settled and this is this is what's correct about, you know, about coronavirus, let's say. Yeah. To say that is the most arrogant thing a scientist could say. Because as a scientist, what you should know more than anything is that you don't know shit. Yep. That's what the study of science is, is
1: telling you, that you don't know shit, yeah. sir. You know, we talked about, we've talked about changing cultures and I feel like there is a changing, you know, there are microcultures within things. And one of the microcultures is scientists, actual scientists. Oh yeah. And it just makes me think about that Neil deGrasse Tyson thing you were talking about yeah. where the kid is like, and he's like, well, you're concentrating on the wrong thing. Yep. It's like, you're full of shit. I just, we don't need to get back on how much I hate Neil deGrasse Tyson, but that's just what it made me think of. Yes, yes, indeed. So this may be out of out of order for you, but I'm looking at a quote that says, "The ancients who knew." Can you read that one, Kyle? Um, I just got to scroll through. Yeah, the ancients who knew how to follow the Tao aimed not to enlighten the people, but to keep them ignorant. The reason it is difficult for the people to live in peace is because of too much knowledge. Those who seek to rule a country by knowledge are the nation's curse. So this... Strong I'm, words. Strong words. <laughs> this is tied to that other, the other passage that we read earlier
0: about, about knowledge. Um, so you read this, and it's, like hard to dis, it's hard to not
1: disagree immediately with all of it. Mm-hmm. But tell me what you think. Um, the ancients who knew how to follow the Tao, they didn't aim to enlighten the people, but to keep them ignorant. I mean I don't know That sounds like Nefarious to me It it does But you have to Understand Tao Yeah I you guess know, I do um, So this, this goes it's this, been a long time <laughs> Since I read the Tao flu.
0: This goes back To the idea of uh, Non Of inaction Or non-being um, It's hard to explain uh, Kind of briefly But the idea here Is that um, Too much knowledge Interferes with people's Kind of like Visceral understanding Of, of, of their reality Like people need To understand um, That they're that they're, that they're beasts, that they're natural creatures in a natural world. And that there's a harmony about their lives that they can easily stray from. If they, if they get hung up on too much thinking.
1: See, I, I, I definitely see how you're th- And that's like right in line with my type of thinking, but I'm just like trying to like, for some reason, like trying to hook it to the idea of government. And it's like throwing me off. Oh, I see what you're saying. But, um, I completely agree with that. Reminds me of, imagine that. It reminds me of a tool lyric. Uh, he says in the song Parabola, he says, overthinking, overanalyzing separates the body from the mind. Mm,
0: absolutely. Yep.
1: And you know, I, that
0: that was a lesson that took me a long time to learn. I'm still learning it. Is that people who, who over-intellectualize things, mm-hmm. which I did for most of my life. I still do. And, and most liberals do. Mm-hmm. Um, is that you fail to live... <sighs> In the real world, in your body, you fail to experience the truth of yourself yeah. because you're so wrapped up in something else. And today, it's this overarching ideology that, that erases all of the, the the lived details of our actual lives mm-hmm. and, and replaces it with this, you know, like, utopia.
1: Yep. 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 Um. So, yeah, it, it, thinking about it in that context is like it makes more sense. I, I, um, the reason it is difficult for people to live in peace is because of too much knowledge. I mean, that's so, right there in line with that. So can you, can you think of like, like p- individual people or whole countries
0: mm-hmm.
1: that disagree
0: and have, have a reason to fight or bicker because, because of an idea? Maybe it's a religious idea. Maybe it's a technological idea. Maybe it's a social idea. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's, I think, you know, gender shouldn't exist or I think borders shouldn't exist or whatever it is that, that I think this class has too much. Oh yeah. Yeah. All all it takes is one idea to, to divide people. And I think that's what it says. The reason it's difficult for people to live in peace is because of too much information. Mm
1: -hmm. And maybe that, maybe that's what they mean. Yeah, I think that that's uh that's a good assessment there. I think it's interesting that like we think of ourselves as humans, one thing that separates us from the animals is our ability to intellectualize. Mm-hmm. Um and this it's like almost it's almost like just don't don't do that. Don't. I mean, it so maybe I,
0: I kind of, I kind of
1: agree don't do that. I I think
0: pe- people who find themselves identified as uh separate from the animal world like i'm a human being mm-hmm. that you're missing half of your reality half of your your half of your reality is that you're a fucking animal yeah. you're a wild beast and if you don't understand that about yourself you don't know who you are
1: yeah you don't I know what you are I agree with that um <clears throat> yeah i don't know that's about all well, I i'll, 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 add, I'll add
0: i'll add one thing here because when when Zé says um that 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 we that too much information is the problem. Mm-hmm. That I have to bring a Mao quote into the conversation. That old motherfucking Mao. <clears throat> and, and Mao said this: to read too many books is harmful. Okay. And to me, there's a, there's a clearly a, a consistent theme here. Too much knowledge is is the problem, and Mao says too many books is harmful. So here we do seem to have, you know, modern communist Chinese government um, holding on to this idea. And I, again I don't know what the I don't know what
1: the interpretation of that is, why that's important, but I just wanted to bring it up It seems those things seem almost contradictory though they do because they do. I agree with it in the you know loud say here talking about it. it seems to make sense. Mao saying it makes it's a little scarier, you know yes it is It's like uh, I need to keep these people you know dumb. Uh, you know, I don't need them like picking up a, a John Locke book or something. Oh, yeah, uh, you know? exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, it's weird. It's like a dichotomy of, uh, you know. There there are like a handful of those that I found uh, reading
0: some Mao quotes mm-hmm. that are very obviously contradictory. Uh, we'll,
1: we'll talk about some of them in a little bit, but I just wanted to introduce Mao in this conversation. You ever heard Mao speak? Never. It's... It's weird. I mean, you think of, like, such a butcher, and he, 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 he's like a, a little, like, frail old man. He's got a super high-pitched voice. Really? <laughs> it's weird, oh, wow. man. But, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't expect that. Yep. Yeah. All, All right, I'm, what's the next one? The next
0: one is this. There is a maxim of military strategists. I dare not be the first to invade, but rather be the invaded. Dare not press forward an inch, but rather retreat a foot. That is, to march without formations... To roll not up the sleeves, to change not in
1: frontal attacks, to arm without weapons. That's it. It's a good one. Um I mean it again, that's like tying me back to uh the man, the man, the myth, the legend, Ron Paul. Mm. Um, like blowback. I dare not be the first to invade, but rather be invaded. Um, be the invaded. Yep. And I and that's particularly um, what's the word I'm looking for? It makes sense for today because America, with our military and our like geographic situation, mm-hmm. nobody could fuck with us if we only fought defensively. Yes, we would be, we would be, you know, the greatest country for the the history of the world. It'd be really difficult to invade yeah. the United States. That's yeah, for sure. Man. But we spread ourselves out, and we're all over the place, and it's starting to make it a little easier. You know, we're no, st- I- starting to be blood in the water. I agree. I think that's exactly what's what there's, what's being said here. Um, uh, dare not press forward an inch, but retreat a foot. I, now, I, I have to say, eventually that becomes a problem. Yes,
0: yes. As a military strategy, it does, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, and, you know, I know that a lot of, like, this Eastern stuff, it's more, you know, I, I don't want to say pacifist, but almost kind of like that. Like, um yeah, I mean, especially this, this seems like do not press forward an inch, but ra- rather retreat a foot. It's like, OK, how long am I supposed to do that? Right.
0: When you take that in
1: in connection with the last where it
0: says to arm without weapons, mm-hmm. um, it's like to retreat a foot and to arm without weapons. It's almost like I'm inviting the enemy in and then I'm defeating them without even attacking them. I'm defeat like I'm defeating them the way the, the United States defeated the communism in, in the Soviet oh, Union right. that with, makes with sense. you know, with our. With our culture and our rock and roll and our Absolutely. Levi's. Absolutely, hell yeah. Something like that.
1: All right, that makes sense. Uh, uh, whether it is big or small, read that one, Kyle. Um, all right, I'm out of order. i got to find it. You might need to okay. read it. I'm not sure where it is. All right, here we go.
0: Whether it's big or small, many or few, requite hatred with virtue. Deal with the difficult while it is yet easy. Deal with the big while it is yet small. The difficult problems of the world must be dealt with while they are yet easy. The great problems of the world must be dealt with while they are yet small. Therefore, the sage, by never dealing with great problems, accomplishes greatness. Fucking awesome, man. Seems like
1: great advice. Let's hear it. What do you think of that? Um, I mean, basically, it's, it seems like a call to not procrastinate. Take care of things before they become a problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Um like, like like let's talk about social security for a second. Mm. You know, let's talk about
0: uh you know, entitlements or something. It's like ha- had we addressed the social security problem in 1970, yeah. we wouldn't be in this catastrophe of a situation Absolutely. that we're
1: in today. It makes me think of uh what I anticipate will be a huge problem for us in the future is this continually kicking the can with the economy and stuff down the road and yep. not fixing those problems and just printing money printing and, money yeah um interest rates and it's all gonna that gonna be a problem gonna, it's gonna it, be a problem if we would have just done it years and years ago and honestly i think that every time it happens and we just keep it's gonna make it when we actually do address it it's gonna be all the worse mm-hmm. every single time so. and
0: what's what's particularly good about this one is that this quote is true for government but it's also true for individuals yeah, absolutely. like you know if you, you have a little like a little disagreement with your spouse or something your your, your uh, significant other let's say mm-hmm. and uh, you know you some people will say hey look this isn't worth arguing about I'm just gonna not even bring it up there's no point rocking the boat but people who do that Um, and let that shit pile up for 30 years Mm -hmm. those are the people that do crazy shit those are the people that get divorced and it's a complete complete surprise to the other person when they're like 60 years old or they've been married for 48 years or something crazy fucking Bill and Melinda Gates
1: yeah exactly fuckers
0: exactly deal with things while they're small and easily dealt with don't let them fucking get so big that they kill you that's what it's saying
1: Yep. I gotta say Melinda Gates it's one of the greatest investors of all time. Oh, she yeah? invested her time and she's cashing out now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder what happened with happened with those two. I don't I mean, I have a this is off topic obviously, but I have a hard time imagining that people like that get married for love to be like Bill like I think of Bill and Hillary Clinton. I don't think that they they lo- I think that they got married for hmm. political reasons. Yeah, now, yeah. with with an entrepreneur and his wife, I guess it's a little bit different, but yeah I don't know.
0: Yeah I don't know either, man. I don't know anything about Bill and Hillary's personal life, but I get, I get what you're saying, man. I, I you know the optics are
1: not good, not good. That's not how I want my marriage to look. so
0: all right, the one I have
1: up next is when people have no fear. Okay. Is that? Let me scroll through here. Yeah. I can probably find it. This one, I think is pretty good. When pe- uh, here we go. When people have no fear of force, the great force descends upon them despise not their dwellings despise not their progeny because you do not dislike them you will not be disliked yourself
0: so i think this is relates to something that we talked about a little earlier about not looking down on your subjects you know Mm -hmm. if you're the leader um so so basically you know when it says despise not their dwellings despise not their progeny their children it's like as a leader, you're not you. You shouldn't be looking at the poor people who don't live in the fancy places that you live in, and looking at their kids as like you know, um, you know, sucking up all the resources and stuff you know that your kids could be having. Like, don't look at your don't look at your at your citizens that way. Yeah. Because if you do, bad things are going to happen. Yep. And as long as and as long as you don't do that, they won't dislike you as their leader. Yep.
1: You know. Yeah, I think that um, that's particularly makes sense when you talk about, we just got done talking about Bill Gates because that's how I feel like those billionaires and the the people who are essentially run really running the world that's how I think they think about us and i think that mm. that is like that is one thing that kind of separated trump and why people on the right and people of lower classes liked trump because I, don't, I mean, I don't know if you've seen, uh, if you've watched any of the footage. Uh, I've I've talked to people who've met Trump, yep. and, I mean, before he became president. And they say that even though he's a billionaire, he's, like, down to earth. He'll, like, bullshit with just regular people. I've seen footage of him, um, you know, like, after events, talking to security guards. And he, I mean, he seen, you know, I've yep. got my problems with Trump, but he seems like a guy that you could talk to, right. despite the fact that he's a billionaire. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you drop me in a room with Bill Gates... I don't know how that would go. He yeah. seems weird. He seems like, you know, uh, yeah. he definitely seems like he thinks he's better than me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. Well, I, I, get, I get what you're put, putting down. There's like an elitist thing. Oh, for sure. And I think this is exact,
0: saying exactly the opposite. Don't be an elitist. Yep. And and this is, this is what I latch on to about that. So. The lib- the liberals have created a they, they've created a class uh, a woke class let's say mm-hmm. that is elitist and they don't realize that it's like they have created this status this high elevated status that only they can fit into and the people that that kowtow to their philosophy can can, can claim this elite position of being you know woke or liberal or you know progressive or whatever word you want to use. Um, and, and the liberals are the same people who are against elitism. They're the same people that point to the rich, you know, business people and their relations with government and and, and call, you know, foul. Mm-hmm. And they're creating this elite group themselves and pretending to, to, to be anti-elite.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's fucking terrible.
1: Yeah. It's like we have all of these elites... And it's almost like they're distilling the elites down to an even more elite core. You know, it's like get rid of these billionaires that we don't like. The only billionaires that we don't have a problem. You know, it's like if you say all the right things, then you you get to be party of, part of the elite that we don't have a problem with hmm. for, for some fucking reason, right? You know,
0: um, I just think it's funny that that the that the group that most historically most wants people to be. Um, on an equal footing, um, and and to have fairness and equality, that that those people would be creating, you know, an elite, uh, a, a, you know, a group to separate people from other people. The the the, the progressives and the left that are supposed to be bringing people together are creating these these elite groups that are separating people. Yeah. You know, come on, guys. That's the that's the the most hypocritical bullshit. Fucking pay attention. Open your fucking eyes, folks.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Uh- it's easy to point out all the hypocrisy of those people but honestly at this point i don't even i don't even like doing it because it doesn't matter they don't care that they're hypocrites that's like mm. that's a thing that i think a lot of people in the mainstream need to understand about the left and you know, the, the democrats and certain parts of the republicans most of the republicans um is that they don't care if they're being hypocrites mm. you know so yeah so you point that out and I agree with you but I don't understand that I think and I think this boils down to like kind of the elitist thing it's like they don't these people who don't care if they're being hypocrites um, it's I think it's almost like they think that we're too stupid to notice that they're being hypocrites yes so
0: yep yeah something like that and that's maniacal arrogance again that's fucking terrible always with the fucking maniacal arrogance All right, I've got one for you here, Kyle, I think you will like. It reads like this. When people are hungry, it's because the rulers eat too much. Therefore, the unruliness of hungry people is due to the
1: interference of their rulers, Mm. unquote. Mm -hmm. Mike drop. What do you think of that? Again, that's calling to mind North Korea to me. And it calls to mind basically any time we as a rich nation or any rich, rich nation sends money to a poor nation, you're not sending it. To the poor people who need food. Mm. You're sending it to Kim Jong-un. You're send, you're you're stuffing his coffers with food. Um, and you know, he's never going to distribute that distribute that out to the Correct. people. Correct. When the people are hungry, it's because the rulers are eating too much. So I love that. I, I think that's a
0: sort of a taxation as as theft type of a of a statement. Mm-hmm. When when the people are hungry, it's because the rulers eat too much. Now that is the most anti-totalitarian statement in this whole thing so far. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can't, you can't allow, you can't abide the rulers keeping everything for themselves at the, at the expense of the
1: people. Mm hmm Uh, therefore the unruliness of the hungry people is due to the interference of their rulers. And I, I mean, obviously it's easy to think about that in terms of actual physical hunger, but I just wonder about like the other things that a populace could be hungry for, Mm, you know? Interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Um, yeah, I don't know no? That's a good one That is a nice, succinct You know, yeah. good quote You
0: know, and it's it's You know, I have There's some I could pick it apart And say, you know well, it might It's not the only reason People might go hungry But I get the point I sure. get the point Alright, so let me see Do we have I think we have a few more uh, Before we'll be changing Yeah, we got a couple more here So let's Let me just push through I did skip one I'm not gonna I think I'm gonna leave it In the dark I wanna read this one though Fuck that quote all right, here we go. There is nothing weaker than water. This is the one I brought up earlier, Kyle. Yeah. There is nothing weaker than water, but none is superior to it in overcoming the hard, for which there is no substitute. That weakness overcomes strength, and gentleness overcomes rigidity. Therefore, the sage says, who receives unto himself the calumny of the world is the preserver of the state. Who bears himself the sins of the world is the king of the world.
1: Who bears himself the sins of the world is the king of the world. Is this yes. is he referencing Jesus right
0: now? Well, I mean, that's where my mind went. I mean, <laughs> First Peter says, he himself bore our sins, I'm talking about Jesus. So the person who bore the sins of the world, that's definitely a phrase that we talk about with Jesus. That's sure. an interesting thing. Yeah, it is. Um, obviously, this is before Jesus was ever born when this was written, but it says, you know, he who bears the sins of the world is the king of the world. And it kind of, in the political context, makes me think that the person who takes the responsibility for leadership takes the responsibility for anything that goes wrong. It's like you, you have to be, you know, accountable to, to the people. Yep. Shit rolls uphill. Uh, but, but you have to accept that responsibility. And you compare that to like politicians today, nobody wants to t- take responsibility for shit. Yeah. They want to point fingers. They want to throw people under the bus. Yep. Nobody's ever getting in trouble for the shit that, that they were responsible for, for, for overseeing, you mm-hmm. know? That you have to take the responsibility for every individual person, even the people you never met, even the people that are nothing like you, if you're going to claim to be their leader. You
1: know what I mean? Something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Um, the water stuff, I mean, uh, was, was Bruce Lee a Taoist?
0: Well, Bruce Lee was Chinese, and, and this is deep, deep in yeah. Chinese culture. Even if he's not a Taoist, that whole sure, Yin yeah. and Yang and harmony and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, you see that. Uh, I don't. I don't want to step step on too much of the stuff from the Dao De Jing episode that's sure, not yet released. Sure. But
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I've just been thinking about Bruce Lee. You know, be like water.
0: Be like water. But it, you know, it's just important that we we have so many references to government being low, mm-hmm. being passive, being you weak. know, being I weak. Mean, yep. Exactly. Yep. Good shit. All right, we got two more left. Um, I'll read one. I'll let you read one. I'm going to do this one. Patching up a great hatred is sure to leave some hatred behind. Mm -hmm. How, How can this be regarded as satisfactory? Therefore, the sage holds the left tally and does not put the guilt on the other party. The virtuous man is for patching up. The vicious is for fixing guilt. But the way of heaven is impartial. It sides only with the good man, so I want to point out here that when it says the sage holds the left tally, that that's a reference to the weak side or the inferior position. So when when the sage holds to the left tally, it's another one of those being low remarks. It's be you know, um, it's it's being gracious in defeat. It's it's you know, uh, uh, being gracious in victory. It's 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 you know. Holding, uh, identifying yourself with the weak part of the of the uh, you know of the situation, mm-hmm. even even if you're the strong part.
1: Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, patching up great hatred is sure to leave some hatred behind. I can't help but think about things that are going on now with like these people who are, you know, we were talking about. That, that this is perfect we were talking about the founding fathers and stuff like that and you think about i mean it's a little bit further down the road you think about the civil war and slavery like that and we're trying to patch up mm. these things that were rooted in some kind of hatred back in the day and i don't know i mean that's I, like a theme that i've seen going through um like tv shows even and stuff like that that your desire for justice for something in the past is going to drive you into maybe your own demise. You mm. know, maybe it'll cause you to do terrible things to other people, which in turn might lead to your own demise in itself, you know? Right. Um And yeah, I just think about these people trying to fix these problems and it's like you're you're, um, you're setting up a something, like a jumping off point for the next thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It
0: makes me think of like, the israeli-palestinian mm. conflict it also makes me think of like like we're pulling out of afghanistan finally mm-hmm. you know, like you think we're not leaving hatred behind you, sure. you think you know we, we've been in there to try to you know patch up a great hatred you think we didn't you think we didn't leave some behind we did we yeah. absolutely did absolutely um and so and so it, it basically this statement is saying you have to understand that that is a fact and that it's not satisfactory that but it's it's not avoidable but it's not okay. Yeah. So that if you're the powerful country, if you're the powerful person that in this situation if you know people hate you and have reason to hate you that you should take the lowly position, the mm-hmm. left tally, that you should not you know project guilt on other people, that you should be uh you, you know you should you should be be passive and let it go and be in, and be as um compromising as you can to get along you know turn the other cheek turn the other cheek yeah it. it's good stuff all right there's one that says let there uh, let there be a small country would you read that one with it that'll be that last one of this segment
1: let there be a small country with a small population where the supply of goods are tenfold or hundredfold more than they can use let the people value their lives and not migrate far Though there be boats and carriages, none be there to ride them. Though there be armor and weapons, no occasion to display them. Let the people again tie ropes for reckoning. Let them enjoy their food, beautify their clothing, be satisfied with their homes, delight in their customs.
0: Mm. So uh, this is like a utopian recipe. Mm-hmm. you know. So this is Lao saying, look, we t- we're talking all this stuff about politics. This is what it's going to boil down to. If you want to have a successful country, set it up like this. Yeah, let it be a small country with a manageable small population. Like, yeah, like you and I talked about with with poli- with policing many times. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, Barney Fife was not having any trouble managing uh, yeah, the you know, two drunkards in the town. But the two drunkards in the town. He knew yeah. that he knew them well. But you, but you have a person living in the suburbs you know who's uh, going to work every day as a policeman in this giant city yeah. you know where he doesn't know anybody or he doesn't know anything like it's not manageable there's problems with that yep. so this recipe is saying keep it small keep it manageable and make sure you you have more than you need by a long shot
1: sounds like yeah well that's always always good advice and i mean you know that's that's getting into like the economics and stuff yes. like that and yes. um that if you just get out of the way People are, you know, we're ingenuitive creatures. We can get shit done. We can make some cool things happen. Um, but I, I think let there be a small country with a small population. That almost sounds like a call to secession, which is something that I'm very interested mm, in. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: And that's something that you know, if we fast forward to today's China, that would be that would that would not be abided at all. The, I- the idea of secession. Um, there's also the. Um, the thing that says let people value their lives and i think that i think that if you look at a communist perspective individual lives are not important yeah what's important to a system like that is the system it's the greater good it's it's you know it's the continuation of that system and the individuals don't have any value they're just cogs in a machine that can be replaced so when this says let the people value their lives to me it kind of sounds like it's saying something about individualism there it's like hey individuals need to be able to value themselves in their lives they can't be erased you know and absorbed into a greater you know a greater whole and that's what that's what the current you know chinese communism is is done
1: yep um that's for sure uh one Uh, second here i accidentally closed my uh my app where i had all that stuff going on here Oh, that's okay.
0: While you're doing that, it's almost twelve, man. What time did you have to
1: wrap it up? Um, you know, we can go a little bit longer. I, I, I gotta. We were talking about Mother's Day. I gotta go meet the fam mm. f- for lunch. I gotta yep. go meet them, and then I gotta go meet Chelsea's family too. Oh, so, okay. I mean, so I'm you got like, a busy, you yeah. got a busy afternoon. But I mean, we can go a little bit longer. No big deal. Well, I, I just want to contrast some Mao stuff
0: with all this, um, because we've done a, we've done a deep dive here on the political philosophy of Taoism, and it's pretty hands off. It's pretty laissez faire. And then when you compare that to today's government in China, it couldn't be more different. So I think that's that's interesting. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. All right. Um, all right. So let's
1: see. Let's see. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any notes on this, so I'm just putting my. Uh, yeah. You, you sent me the loud say quotes. This is all. Yeah. This is all
0: new. This, this is stuff you have not heard. So let's do it. There were a couple of. Um, Alright, I want to read a quote from Mao before I jump in. This is from the mouth of Mao. A revolution is not a dinner party or writing an essay or painting a picture or doing embroidery. It cannot be so refined, so leisurely and gentle, so temperate, kind, courteous, restrained, and magnanimous. A revolution is an insurrection, an act of violence by which one class overthrows another. So this is Mao saying it's it's terrible and, and necessary. Um, he also says, "Politics is war without blood, while war is politics with blood." Mm-hmm. He also says, "Political power grows out of the barrel of a gun." And he says, "We are advocates of the abolition of war. We do not want war, but war can only be abolished through war. And in order to get rid of the, in, in order to get rid of the gun, it is necessary to take up the gun." Two more. Communism is not love. Communism is a hammer, which we use to crush the enemy. And lastly, the Communist Party must control the guns. So that, you guys, is a little bit of an intro to Mao Zedong for you. Obviously, I cherry picked those. I put them in that order on purpose to build the to build the drama. But this all all of these quotes c- came from Mao. Yeah. What do you think about that, man?
1: Um you know, it's weird, and I told you in text that I want I would like to do kind of a series starting with maybe maybe we could start with Marx even and then kind of looking at how Marx affected Lenin and then Stalin and then Mao but I I, you know I've done a little bit of research into that stuff and it's weird how much of the stuff that they say that I completely agree with Mm, like a lot of um, well a lot of their analysis of the problems it's like oh yeah yeah yeah. I mean I'm with you these are fucking problems now their solutions get to be a little crazy Mm. but like American imperialism, I don't. I'm not. I don't like American imperialism. Not a bit. I don't think we should be an empire. Yes. Um, so you know, uh, some of the stuff in there, like the Communist Party must control the guns. So you co- you come try to control my guns. Yep. Good luck. I mean, you know, granted, I don't have that many guns. The state has a lot more guns than I do. But I'm taking a couple of those fuckers with me if they come. So yeah, I mean. Shit, Mao said political power grows out of the barrel of a gun and the mm-hmm. communists
0: must control the guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the most violent and forceful um, t- sort of series of statements that I can imagine yeah. and it couldn't be any more different from what Lao Zé was saying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, to be passive is what he says the government it should be the yin, not the yang. Yeah. And Mao is fucking using the yang like a hammer to crush his enemy.
1: So one thing that I think is interesting is all of Lao Tse's prescriptions were for the government, yep. how they should act. Mm-hmm. Now, I do wonder maybe what he would think about how the people should act underneath of a tyrannical government or a totalitarian government. It's interesting, yeah. Um, because I think that in some ways, Mao, that's what he considers himself. He doesn't consider himself the state. He considers himself the leader of a rebellion to take over the state. Mm. Um so it's we just it's like however you can contextualize your own narrative in your head, it's like you can operate on either side of this, mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um that if Lao Tse's prescriptions for the people, for the populace, underneath a totalitarian government is the same, I don't agree with Lao Tse. I mean, I'm 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 branching off pretty far from him on that. <laughs> yeah. So interesting.
0: Well, uh, there's like a couple of things that I wrote down that are contradictions that I found in reading Mao that I want to talk about, All right. and then more importantly, there's a bunch about how what Mao said line up so closely with today's social justice movement okay. and and yeah, and let's... progressive left that I want to talk about it Got because it. it well, I, I want I don't want to skip ahead, but I do want to I do want to bust Mao's balls for just a second. All right, so. I already read you this quote where he says, "To read too many books is harmful, and comparing Lao Ze, who said the ancients who who knew how to follow the Tao aimed not to enlighten the people but to keep the, but to keep them ignorant. the reason is difficult for the people to live in peace because of too much knowledge so this these go hand in hand Lao Ze and and Mao seem to kind of line up, but then later on and and Mao says um those those who seek to rule the country by knowledge are the nation's curse that's what excuse me what Lao Ze said. Uh, but then um, Mao has another quote that says this: Our attitude towards ourselves should be an insatiable, should be insatiable in learning, and towards others to be tireless in teaching. the theory The theory of Marx, Engels, Lenin, and Stalin is universally applicable. We should regard it not as dogma but as a guide to action. And here it goes. Studying is not merely a matter of learning terms and phrases, but of learning Marxism-Leninism as the science of revolution. Mm. So here you've got Mao saying, reading too many books is harmful, and then saying, we should study the shit out of Marx yeah. and Lenin and Stalin. Yep. Um, and then we've got this one that says, again, we're talking about the communist ruler of China saying... Ask your subordinates about matters you do not understand or you do not know. And do not lightly express your approval or disapproval. We should never pretend to know what we do not know. We should not feel ashamed to ask and learn from, from the people below. And we should listen carefully to the views of the cadres. And this is just means small, a small group of people at the lower levels. And then here's the good bit. Be a pupil before you become a teacher. Learn from the cadres at the lower levels before you issue orders. What the cadres at the lower levels say may or may not be correct. After hearing it, we must analyze it. We must heed the correct views and act upon them. Listen also to the mistaken views. And below, it is wrong not to listen to them at all. Such views, however, are not to be acted upon, but to be criticized. So here, what, the, the gist of this says, we, we must heed the correct views and act upon them. Listen, uh, listen also to the mistaken views from below. So he's saying that we should hear out both sides of, the, of, of every argument, that, that we should hear what the people below us have to say on these things. Well, that's a free speech ar- argument yeah. that Mao is making. Yeah. I have to point out that that's the most contradictory shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this just goes back to what we were talking about, and it's, uh, it's evergreen, is that uh, these people— who are looking to hold power and consolidate power? They do not care about looking like hypocrites. They are fine contradicting themselves. You know, whatever the situation calls for is what they're going to say. So it do- doesn't surprise me at all that he's like talking out both sides of his mouth.
0: Doesn't it seem interesting to you? Because to me, it seems like he doesn't even realize what he's saying. Because he, because if I was like uh, putting myself in the position of a of a Communist sympathizer, let's say today, like maybe a super left progressive in the United States, mm-hmm. um, for me to say, hey, listen to the people below you. They're, they have they have real information about the world that's important. You need to know what people's lives are like. You need to really know what it's like on the on the ground floor. You know. Uh, that's something that, that a liberal would say. Oh, yes, we absolutely, we need to take into account, you know, the, the oppressed groups, the minority groups. We need to know what, what their lives are like, what, yeah. pro, what their problems are like. They, and and diversity is important. They might have thoughts and ideas and opinions sure. that will help us to be and be better. Like, you can see that perspective here. Yeah. But, again, Mao is saying, hey, we have to listen to their views. We have to hear them out. But they don't allow that today. Yeah, Communism doesn't allow free speech. And this is what he's saying. We have to allow free speech.
1: It makes me think of in today's, you know, what we've got going on today. It makes me think of, you know, you've got these people who these elitist types and they think, oh, we need to listen to minorities. Let's listen to black people. Let's mm. l- let's learn from their experience um, until you have like a. Until you get um, what what's his name like Herman Cain or uh, mm. oh, what yeah. was the guy who was a surgeon, the black dude who was a surgeon uh, Carson, yeah yep. Ben Carson, yep. anybody like that. Then those people are dumb, and for some reason you don't you you shouldn't be listening to them. Yep. You know, so it's like they can. You want to put a little p- sauce on that on that taco? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they can. It's like they can. Uh, Again, they can operate on both sides of that They can have their cake and eat it too It's like, oh, well, we listen to minorities Just not those minorities, you and, know and,
0: and they're not ashamed of the hypocrisy nope. That That is the thing, man yep. Alright, so there's two more here and, th- and then I want to spend a little bit more time on the next section The first one, to me, seems to be Mao advocating materialism So you, you, you tell me what you think of this People who live at subsistence levels Want first things to be put first They're not particularly interested in freedom of religion Freedom of the press Free enterprise as we understand it. Or the secret ballot. Their needs are more basic. Land, tools, fertilizers. Something better than rags for their children. Houses to replace their shacks. Freedom from police oppression. Medical attention. Primary schools. So Mao's saying, hey, people want first things first. They want the government to provide them with things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Isn't, that, isn't that a fucking capitalist thought to you, Kyle?
1: Um. Well...
0: People don't want freedom. They want things.
1: I guess it is, um, but I don't know. The things that he's talking about, the things that he's talking about do seem to be pretty important. It's not like he's saying, you know, the people want Ferraris. You know, we just if the government just gives everybody a Ferrari, everyone's going to be fine. Right. I mean, the things that he's talking about are things that you can kind of lead somebody around, you know, like food and shelter. It's like if you don't have it and I've got it and I'm dangling it in front of mm-hmm, you. hmm Maybe you're going to behave the way that I want you to. Mm. Um, so, but don't you
0: think the contrast here is something like, in a capitalist system, we give people freedom, and with the freedom, they can oh, yeah. feed themselves and clothe themselves and b- get better clothes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What Mao is saying is, no, we're gonna we're we're, we're not going to worry about freedom at all. That's not what people want. Fuck it, we're going to take the freedom from them, and we're just going to give them all the things they want. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ, man, that sounds. Like what's happening right now. UBI. It sounds like a UBI conversation, you know? Fuck. All right, here's another one. This one I think we both will agree on, but I want to bring up a point. Um, Here we go. It says, In the West, imperialism is still oppressing the people at home. The situation must change. It is the take of the people of the whole world to put an end to the aggression and oppression perpetuated by imperialism, chiefly by U.S. imperialism. But there's more. Another quote says... Finally, defeat Japanese imperialism only through the cumulative effects of many offensive campaigns and battles and both regular and guerrilla warfare. And then lastly, imperialism will not last long because it always does evil things. Okay. You and I already have said enough. We do not support imperialism in any form, and the idea that, that the United States is, is doing it, it is no better. It's no better. Yeah. Um, but Mao said this, these things. And China today is doing everything they can to take over Hong Kong. They're, yeah. do, they're doing everything they can to take over islands in the China Sea that belong to Japan. Mm-hmm. They're, they're slowly increasing their reach to take over lands that don't belong to them. Yeah. How is that not imperialism, Kyle?
1: You think about... I don't know if you know about this, but the shit they've got going on in Africa?
0: Oh, yeah. Dude,
1: it's crazy. I mean... Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely... Direct contradiction uh, to the shit that they say, and I think that they would still say that. I think if you had G talking about this kind of stuff, he would probably say a lot of similar things.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But but, but it, I like but I like to ask G. I'd like to ask how how do you make sense of your uh doing what you're doing with Hong Kong and these islands and Taiwan and all this stuff how, how do you how do you justify that when Mao himself said imperialism will not last long because it always does evil things how can you
1: how can you say that you're not doing that mm-hmm. you're doing that yep i think it i really think it just boils down to the same thing that's been popping up is they don't care about looking like hypocrites jesus christ man um you know point it out to them all they want it's like what are you going to do about it you know
0: all right so we should probably wrap it up in something like 10 minutes. So let's see if we can do this in 10 minutes. All right. These are a bunch of things that I found Speed re- round. reading Mao. And I, wa- I don't really know like, how to structure this. I guess this is what I want to do. Would you agree that if I'm talking to a uh, liberal, let's say a college kid or somebody who's got like, those kind of far left ideas, kind of communist sympathetic ideas, um, a platform, a platform that I might run on today in the United States might be something like this. Anti-imperialism. Um, instigating a revolution of black Americans against their white oppressors or any, or any uh, you know, in uh, power force over their oppressors. Mm-hmm. Including addressing things like the gender wage gap, um, birth control and women's rights along with other minority groups' rights, providing a universal basic income, mm-hmm. and gun control. Yep. Does that
1: all sound to you like a pretty... Are you reading like news headlines, like recent news headlines from the last two years or something? Yeah. I mean, is that what you got in front of you? Kind of what it seems like, sure. right? I'm going to read... Okay, guys, this is what
0: I want you to take away from this. Everything I just said to you could have come from the mouth of a college kid or from AOC mm-hmm. or from any number of people on the far left as a, as a legitimate uh, political platform for progress in this country. All of those things are being talked about today. Yep. What I want to point out to you is every single one of those, including all of the racial tension that we're experiencing today between black and white Americans, all of that stuff came from Mao Zedong's playbook. And I'm going to read the quotes to you right now so you can see what the fuck I'm talking about. All right. All right. Anti-imperialism. Here's Mao's words. In the West, imperialism is still oppressing the people at home. The situation must change. Oh, we did this already. But anyway, uh, it is the task of the people of the whole world to put an end to the aggression and oppression perpetrated by imperialism, chiefly by U.S. imperialism. Okay? Mm-hmm. That, is a, that is a statement that c- could come out of the mouth of a lefty politician in this country today. Yep. And I'm not saying I disagree with it. I'm just saying there it is sure. in Mao's words. All right, listen to this one, man. This is particularly terrible. The evil system of colonialism and imperialism arose and throve with the enslavement of Negroes and the trade in Negroes, and it will surely come to its end with the complete emancipation of the black people. The struggle of black people in the United States for emancipation is a component part of the general struggle of all people of the world against U.S. imperialism, a component part of the contemporary world revolution. I call on the workers, peasants, and revolutionary intellectuals of all countries and of all who are willing to fight against U.S. imperialism to take action and extend strong support to the struggle of black people in the United States. People of the whole world unite still more closely and launch a sustained and vigorous offensive against our common enemy, U.S. imperialism, and its accomplices. It can be said with certainty that the complete collapse of colonialism, imperialism, and all the systems of exploitation and complete emancipation of all oppressed peoples and nations of the world are not far off. And that continues a little bit more. If the U.S. monopoly capitalist groups persist in pushing their policies of aggression and war, the day is bound to come when they will be handed, excuse me, when they will be hanged by the people of the whole world. The same fate awaits the accomplices of the United States.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? It's weird. Uh, you know, I can criticize imperialism, um, but it, it's like the rhetoric and the words that uh, I would use and the words that a person on the left like Mao would use is just completely different. Like he's attacking uh, like capitalism and stuff like that. Right. And that reminds, that makes me think of, uh, I think I think Mark said something to the effect of the last capitalist we hang will be the one who sold us the rope, you know? Ooh Jesus. Yeah. Um so this is what I think about this stuff, man. It's um
0: if I were um if I were interested in spreading communism over the world, like we were afraid in the nineteen fifties was gonna happen with uh, you know, McCarthyism and all that, if I was one of the people that was trying to trying to spread that revolution to the world one of the strategies that i might consider is to get people within a group to fight with each other yep. to undermine this the structure so that it can fall more easily and what mao has suggested is that to do that we get black people in the united states to fight against white people in the united states and to hate one another so that we can so that we can weaken the whole system such that that we can over overturn it more easily this is what he's specifically asked and this is specifically what's happening today. It, you know, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. If you disagree that that this is what's happening today, you are fucking
1: lost. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Uh, um... I don't know. I don't even really know what else to add to that. That's it is. It's like the exact playbook of what's going on right now. Well,
0: let's keep going because there's more, Kyle. How about this one? Men and women must receive equal pay for equal work in production. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, that's verbatim yep. coming from coming from political platforms in the United States over the last fuck, 50 years. Yep. How about this one? The Communist Party, let's just replace that with the government, must control the guns. The government must control the guns. Yep. Are we not having that conversation today, Kyle? Constantly. How about this one? Uh, this was from a conversation from 1973 between uh, Chairman Mao and Henry Kissinger. Uh, Mao says, Do you want our Chinese women? We can give you $10 million. Henry Kissinger says, The chairman is improving his offer, just making a joke that that was sweetening the pot. Yeah. Mao says, We can let them flood your country with disaster and therefore impair your interest. In our country, we have too many women, and they have a way of doing things. They give birth to children, and our children are too many. Okay. Our children are too many, he says. Boy, is that not an abortion conversation right there? Oh, yeah. Is is that a a women's right to choose situation that we're talking about, that Mao was talking about with fucking Henry Kissinger?
1: Yeah. I mean... I mean, you start talking about abortions in China and, you know, things get really dark. There's some fucked up things that go on over there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's like they want to give women the right to choose. And this is just more hypocrisy shit. But uh, over there, you don't have the right to choose. You're going to be given an abortion. You're oh, going to be, true. Yeah. you know, prescribed a government abortion. Mm. Is, um, is that
0: what you want lefties in this country? Yeah. Government mandated abortions. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's a good one. And you tell me. Let's play a game. Is this Andrew Yang or Mao Zedong? Let's play Uh, a game. Let's hear it. A potential revolutionary situation exists in any country where the government consistently fails in its obligation to ensure at least the minimum decent standard of life for the great majority of its citizens. Mm -hmm. Andrew Yang
1: said that on Rogan, I think, right?
0: (laughs) Well, that's, that's, that's an argument for... Universal basic income yep. It's an argument for a living wage yep. It's an argument for increasing the minimum wage Like every aspect of the welfare state Every aspect of the welfare state yep. Absolutely All of this Guys, what I'm trying to say is Every single one of these points that we just talked about That if you're a liberal in this, in this country You probably agree with 100% Grandma, I'm talking to you <laughs> um, All of these things Verbatim came from Mao Zedong From the communist leader of China That killed 20 million of his own people to, get to, 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 to assure the cultural revolution, the great cultural communist revolution. Mm-hmm. And, the, and these are the things that are on the the, the playbook of, of lefties in the United States today. Every single one of them. If you don't think that the political uh, platforms that the so, so-called liberals in our country are bringing to the, to the table aren't overtly communist do you, listen to this listen to the last 20 minutes of this fucking episode again you're nuts you're nuts if you don't see that Kyle yep. what do you think man
1: yeah I think that uh the idea ideology of communism you know I think he, you read something about that it said communism is not love communism is a hammer God, but that is not how people think of it now nowadays people and coming from Mao's mouth he said that but nowadays people they don't think about it that way they think about it they think about communism and socialism as love we've completely like inverted you know like i said from the horse's mouth communism is not love it is a hammer dude that is such a good point yeah so every single liberal so-called
0: liberal in this country that wants the best for people that wants that wants the you know uh, the oppressed to be, to be empowered that wants the, the weak to be strong that wants people to be taken care of that, that wants community to love and take care of one another those people are the ones that think communism is a solution that we could all hold hands and kumbaya and share and get along mm-hmm. anybody who has a fucking toddler knows people don't share well and most people don't grow out of that shit and I'll read I'll read again and we'll close on this communism is not love Communism is a hammer which is used to crush the enemy. Well, there you have it. That's one avenue explored, but infinitely more still to go. I hope you enjoyed thinking along with us. I know, I know. It's not easy work. Thinking. It's hard and full of uncertainties, but I'm grateful for the company as we trek through this together. Here's to hoping that the juice is worth the squeeze. See what I did there? Let's find out together in the next episode.